Welcome to The Board, a podcast series on mechanical keyboards by the Mechanical Keyboard Community. Proudly brought to you by Idea23, awesome caps at great prices. Kibio, the place for split keyboards. And DIY keyboards. Get cracking. Well, tonight is a typical solo episode. Kevin has just let me know that he is actually unable to make it. Now, he has been actually really busy with work and pulling really long days, but there's actually a reason for that because his parents have actually traveled all the way from the US to visit him on a holiday. So he's been catching up on work to basically get time off so that he can actually travel around where he's at with his parents. And right now, he is actually gallivanting around with them. They seem to be having a great time. For example, uh, his mum actually had her first ever foot massage. Um, and yeah, his dad apparently has just been absolutely pooped out by all the places that they've been going. And I mean that in a figurative sense of tiredness and not so much a literal sense of digestive woes because they are in Southeast Asia. So this week I'm kind of running solo again. But uh, I've been busy with doing things for the Sydney meetup, so I actually haven't prepared very much this week. So I thought I would have a bit of fun by doing two things. The first thing is I'm actually going to do what Kevin has actually wanted to do, but we haven't done, which is go through the front page of our mechanical keyboards as it stands right now. Now, I thought I'd do this while Kevin's away simply because I can, well, not really out of spite, but just for a bit of lightheartedness because it's more of a, oh, no, we don't need to do that because we've already done it. Oh, that's right. You weren't here. And <laughs> the second part, I guess, once I finish going through all of that and any of the things that I kind of want to mention and talk through is I'm just going to try hopping through some voice chat channels in Discord and just see if anybody turns up or not. And, well, if they don't, then it might just be another kind of short episode. Now, before we kind of roll into talking about front page on Mechanical Keyboard's subreddit this week, I just sort of alluded to it earlier in that I'd been busy preparing stuff, but not for this podcast, rather for the Sydney 2018 Mechanical Meetup. So, I'd made a lot of purchases in support of the meetup. They're all Taobao purchases. Essentially, what we're putting together is a $10 goodie bag for the meetup, which will include a numpad macro pad kit. So it is acrylic plate and bottom standoffs, screws, PCBs, bump-ons. Doesn't include the Pro Micro, doesn't include switches or keycaps. However, uh, you know, as part of doing that, it means we've had to get all the parts in bulk because we're doing 150 of these goodie bags. And then somebody has had to actually count and pack all those components. And that somebody just so happened to be me. So I can tell you right now, it sucks. I have finished doing all 150 bags and it's taken me close to, I'm going to say about seven hours to do that. And that means I've counted out 15, is that right? No, 3,000, sorry, because it's 20 diodes per PCB set. There's 20 for each PCB and we're doing 150. So that's 3,000 diodes, kind of 3,000 diodes. And then I've counted, uh, you know, standoffs, I've counted screws. I've cut bump-ons and I've put them all into their respective baggies. And then I packed 150 PCBs into their own protective plastic bag, sleeve, whatever you want to call it itself. Now, I actually have a logistical issue coming up for me going to this meet. The location of the meet is actually in King's Cross. Now, if you're a Sydney sider, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a very challenging place to drive and park because a lot of the streets are very limited parking. They're very narrow streets. There's not really any car 
parking sort of garages, you know, Wilsons or or city parks or whatever you want to call them. So realistically, it's either bus or it's train. Now, bus is not so feasible for me around where I am. Train is better, but I have a lot of stuff to bring. So I'm going to be using like a furniture moving uh, trolley jack thing. It's got like stair climber wheels on it. It's heavy duty, weighs like 20 kilos, but I'm going to have giveaway prizes for the raffle. I'm going to have switch library bits and pieces. I'm going to have these goodie bags, which include a really nice paper laminated paper carry bag as well for people in case they want to buy stuff at the meet or if they win stuff at the meet as well. So all up, I'm probably hauling oh, good 20 kilos plus of stuff to the actual meetup. So hopefully there's no track work because if there's track work and the trains are out of order and I've got to catch buses, it's going to suck. And as it is, I'm going to have to go up and down lifts and stairs and got to haul this whole lot of stuff onto the train so i'm gonna have to give myself plenty of time in advance but i am excited i am really excited and like i said last week you know it's going to be fantastic because one bus gamer from idea 23 is going to be turning up and we might also have some other interstate guests if they're able to make it such as the melbourne people Rama made it up last year, Rama from Rama Works, uh, and uh, his partner as well, as well as a lot of guys from the community from both North and South, Queensland, ACT, I'm not sure if anybody from Western Australia is going to be flying over for it, but uh, should be good. So if you are in the region, New Zealand, you know, Canberra, or if you've got plenty of time and cash to splash, even head in from further out if you want to. It is on December the 8th at the Rex Center in King's Cross slash Potts Point. Uh, it's pretty much the same place. Rightio. So that's what I've been doing. And let us roll over into checking out the front page of our mechanical keyboards. So first up, let's just talk meetups again. Let's just run through the meetup list very, very quickly. What's coming up ahead? So, Cleveland, Ohio has already gone last week, 17th, Austin, Texas, December 1st, Boulder, Colorado, December 8th, Zurich, uh, CH, I'm, I'm Zurich, isn't that like in Switzerland? Anyway, December the 8th, Sydney, Australia, December the 8th, and then Newark, New Jersey, April 27th. Now, that's some serious... Serious early warning, but you know what? It is far better to get people in interested and knowledgeable before time. So let's punch on through. Now, the first item that is listed by HOT is global giveaway up to 10 Mac mechanical keyboard Thanksgiving RMK posted by CyberBay. This one's actually really interesting because it was a giveaway for some keyboards by Velocifier. Velocifier seems to be like another OEM company, and they've been around supposedly around four years making entry-level keyboards. The actual description written is, uh, Hello, this is John from Velocifier, and I'm happy to do this Thanksgiving giveaway in mechanical keyboards. Read below and you'll find you are entering an amazing giveaway in the community. Velocifier dedicates to design and create entry-level mechanical keyboards for years. Uh, I don't know if that's just like bad English or if it was intentional, but they've used an F-O-U-R instead of F-O-R by providing simple, affordable mechanical keyboards all the way. But many people have asked us if we can do a mechanical keyboard for Mac users. To thank everyone's support, Velocify has launched the first Velocify M87 Mac mechanical keyboard. Today we're proud of partnering with RMK to announce this amazing giveaway. Super amazing giveaway. So what makes this really interesting is I didn't realize that there was actually a massive, massive difference for Mac. Now I know that there's differences in, you know, using the command function and feature, but a lot of non-Mac keyboards essentially swap out 
the win key for the command key, at least in ordinary programming. And I suppose if you're using like a QMK based, I don't know if that is affected or not. Now, I have a question on that in that a Mac keyboard's backwards compatible to non-Mac devices. So can you take a Mac keyboard and plug it into a normal PC? I know some of the older Macs you could, and of course everyone who uses the M110s for their app switches and uh, AEK2s, Apple Extended Keyboard 2s, I don't know if they all have to have converters or not, but they obviously must have some common features to be usable on a PC, right? The reason why I say this is, I was actually one of the lucky 10 winners. I was completely blown away, and I'm just going to read out the 10 winners, which was me, Winnie23, Meat Tricycle, Red Tomato Sauce, Thomas Taite has Common Sense, Something Danger Zone, XDOMI, Elmo274, and Re-Retry. So, yeah, I actually am looking forward to seeing this keyboard because it actually looks all right. It's, you know, it's a 10 keyless. It's got white LEDs. It doesn't scream gamer font, kind of. Like, it's it's pretty standard font, but it is a backlit, uh, well, just shine through keycaps, I guess. It's very simple in design, and, well, just trying to see what detail it has on what kind of switches it's got in it. To be honest, it doesn't really matter what kind of switches in it. I'm going to review it anyway. So it will actually be the first dedicated Mac keyboard in my collection. Hopefully, if I plug it in, it's going to work. Well, obviously, if I plug it in, it doesn't work. I can still review the quality, the build, the weight, the feel, the sound, etc., etc. So that's actually pretty cool. Thank you very much to Jeff from Velocifier for supplying this. Now, what has made it really interesting is they've actually also got a feedback available for a folding mechanical keyboard linked in this as well. Now, most people think folding keyboard, like why would you need to fold your keyboard? I ask that same question. I ask it very much so on like, what? We have split keyboards because that makes sense. It's It's an ergonomics thing, right? You would separate your hands but they've got this keyboard that folds in half but it's not folding it in half like a left and right hand it's actually folding it in half to make it like only three rows instead of say six rows for a you know full-size keyboard kind of thing which is kind of weird now i don't know (laughs) i really don't know what the basis is for this. Is it simply so it's easier to carry around with you for for packing away, for travel? I do not know. Now somebody's a couple of people in this in this thread related basically say if it had low profile switches that'd be really awesome. And somebody said needs more swip options, switch options. Try making it fully membrane like the roll up keyboards. Those are really neat. Well you can't roll up a mechanical keyboard very easily. You probably could do something crazy with it and somehow have, you know, flexible wiring connections or hard points through hinges like laptop um, screens and things like that with the ribbon. So it's not like it's impossible, but if you're going to roll it up, it's going to get pretty chunky because every row is going to be like, you know, 12 mil thick or something like that. And, well, it's not going to be very space saving at all. In any case, I do want to say once again, of course, thank you, Jeff and Velocifier Tech for uh, for running the giveaway. And I'm sure all of the winners, myself included, are going to have lots of fun with this keyboard. Moving along to the next item from this week. Front page is the big switch pad. Now, this is actually really, really cool. It's 3D printed and it's got a big switch up the top that you can smash and then it's got a series of keys below it. Now it's just a a three column by four rows. They've got an artisan, they've got some other things in there. It looks like they're using it for just macro keys of some kind, but you know what? You can easily, you can easily do all sorts of wacky things with it as you like. For me at work, 
you know, I use a big switch for my lock screen and having these like for a quick dial auto dial function would be really cool because I do have a digital Cisco phone setup available to me at work. It could also be used to open different applications just like a standard macro pad. But it's a beast of a looking thing. It almost looks like an old school telephone as well. Like the ones with the rotary dial now. And the handset sits over the top. But yeah, it and, and exactly that. Somebody else had actually said it looked just like an old school phone as well. So it's pretty cool. And they've put some lighting into it. They've put LEDs inside, I guess, of some description. Because the whole thing's glowing purpley. And it matches the key sets that they've put on it, which kind of looks like Hyperfuse. I don't know, Kevin's not here to tell me that it is or is not Hyperfuse. It's a great idea. And now that my 3D printing is back and running to some degree, uh, yeah, it could be something I might think about jigging up myself. Awesome source. So good work there, uh, Bungwoo, for creating the big switch pad. Probably hand-wired is my guess on what it might be inside, but uh, yeah. What have I got set in it? They've set it up as a play, pause, and double tap for next track for their big button. Yeah, okay, that's a really, really interesting thing. And they've released the Thingiverse model for it as well, so that's pretty cool. Okay, let's keep moving. Next on the item is... Tachikoma Love. Right. Tachikoma Love, it looks like it is a... Kumo? It's a render of a blue keyboard with hub-style icon keycaps on it. And it is... I actually don't know what Tachikoma is. Tachikoma. Uh... I have no idea what it is. I really do not want know what it is. Tachikoba. Okay, well, I'm just going to have to say it's a nice render, but I'm stumped besides that. <laughs> There's obviously a color scheme to this, which is like a, a medium blue and a dark blue, since the little spidery thing that is rendered with the keyboard is is of the same color with white so if you know what it is hit me up let me know because right now i'm not gonna be tapping away trying to google it and figure it out while i'm recording radio next on the list i don't have keycaps yet but here's a pic of a split board with matching handles that i made so this is done by q getting shit done also known as qlavia now coming up this week is a video that I've done having a quick look at a bunch of stuff from Qlavia. So that's actually really cool. It, it fits right in. Now this picture is really lovely. It's been well taken. And essentially what you're looking at is a split keyboard formation. It's ortholinear. It is a one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a six by five setup here, but it's done in the style of Qlavia's cases with handles on them it actually looks really cool i'm not quite sure you know why you would need these handles and i suppose that's a criticism very similar to just in general about the keyblade and the other variants of the keyblade which this kind of falls in that same category but at the same time it does actually look really nice it's got a great aesthetic to it and it almost looks like defibrillator paddles to me so i guess if you set it up with a way to maybe using that power supply from the soul that we talked about a couple of weeks back probably more than a couple of weeks back about dangerous voltages because of a, a power supply and uh, high voltage converter to run all those lights without the safety features if you hook it up to this baby and somebody has an actual heart attack in the office and their heart is in uh, in a fibrillation state and it's irregular pulse then you could maybe take this over and five volt zap them back into place of course that's an absolutely absurd idea but you know that's just delving into a bit of random fantasy land of what this could represent 
But I do really like the picture, though it's got a massive TRRS cable, which, man, you can put these things well apart and, and type like you're a DJ in a sound booth, you know, making music, because there is a lot of length on that cable. Sitting on top of a very plain Rama Desmat, but you know what? It complements it. Awesome. So I must say, Qlavia has been doing some really cool stuff, and uh, I'm not sure if it's on the front page anymore. No, it doesn't look like it, but they also had a sticker for Holy Pandas, which was lots of fun. Just uh, a panda hanging on to a switch with a halo over its head. So whoever they're doing, whoever they're commissioning to do their graphics certainly is on the ball with uh, mechanical keyboards. Next on the list, we have a keyboard from Dantembok, Dantembok, Dantembok called Greens. It is a 910. I can see in the corner it's aluminium, so it's obviously a custom of some kind. It's a 65%-ish layout, but uh, GMK Coniferous is what the key set is. It's a TGR910CE. $350. Oof. Well, it looks nice, and Coniferous actually, having seen the renders and now seeing this in person, I don't mind it, but the white, beigey, creamy-colored alphas with the green... It doesn't say coniferous. Coniferous to me is like pine trees. So I'd be expecting really beautiful bright greens and dark greens and lusciousness and sort of that brown from the actual tree trunks from the tree branches, as well as a mix of sort of darker browns as the pine leaves dry up and fall. And then, of course, there's the pine cones, which themselves are a mix of light to dark brown as well. Whereas this is gray and green, not really saying coniferous. Well, not to me. So, lovely presentation. It's just sitting on some kind of big, fat, bladed grass, which is pretty green. I suppose it adds to it. Over here, you probably wouldn't find that kind of grass simply because uh, it'd be all dry and manky and getting crunchy and being a bit of a fire hazard at the moment. Hooray, summer, Australia. Woo. Rightio, moving along on to Thanksgiving is gone. Gotta have decorative priorities by Ophidos. Ophidios? Ophidios. <clears throat> so what have we got? Ah, yes, it is the Christmas tree macro pad. I've seen this before. I believe these were around last year. It's essentially a PCB in the shape of a Christmas tree. They do have LED support, and I can see they've dual-layered it, and it looks like a Pro Micro has been installed. So obviously this thing will work, and it holds six keycaps, which the keycaps that, well, six switches and keycaps, and it looks like the keycaps they've put on are actually Christmas decorations. There's a star and some baubles and a wrapped gift. So you know what? If you want to really show your inner nerd and geek and you've got one of these available or you can get one of them, put them in a tree, then, man, smash that out. Although you're probably going to need a very long cable if you want to rack it into a USB via computer or just a 5-volt power supply like a battery bank type of thing and get those uh, LEDs on and rolling. So, who has them available? So last year, it was done by Space Cat, Maple Computing, and Chill Caps. Whether they're going to be doing it again now, I don't know. But, hey, it got uh, 295 upvotes. So, maybe they should run another buy. Thank you very much, Orphidios, for sharing your lovely Christmas decoration. Okay, next post. Long-time lurker, first-time poster by Ocho TTV. Wee, wow, that thing is bright. It is a 60% keyboard. We've got some purple LEDs surrounding the outside, blue LEDs on the alpha. We've got a some kind of cat 
dragon dog fox thing as a space bar? I, <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you what it was. The keycap set itself looks pretty gamer fontish. I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, okay, so it's a Ducky Mini 1 2 RGB. Wow. So it looks like it can have changeable by programming RGB LEDs, which is how they got that color scheme. See what else the comments are talking about. They are Corsair white replacement keycaps, although I guess that spacebar must be part of the original one because it's a ducky and ducky love doing crazy things with their keycaps. So, mm, not my kettle of fish, but it does have that Miami slash vaporware vibe to it. Really, the only thing that doesn't sit well is that red escape because the light's not getting through. You've got this purple halo except for this block in the corner, which is just solid red. But hey, each to each own. And uh, if if you like that kind of thing and you want a 60% style format, well, you can always check out the Mini 1, 2, RGB. Moving along. Serikuro by Palad... Oh, Paladoso. Paladoso. Okay, Serika and Kuro mixed in together. We've got a black HHKB style keyboard with Serika on it. Yellow icon mods with dual legend English and Japanese uh, hiragana on it, which is pretty nice. The spacebar is very clean compared to the rest of the keyboard, which has a lot of stuff going on. That said, the Serika mods, pretty cool, nice and simple. I suppose uh, that's all you really need since you probably know what's going on anyway. Uh, yeah, it's very, very nice. It's very smooth. I would say that it's quite minimalistic and busy all at the same time. Right, so it's an M60 in black, Kuro, with the brass weight. Very nice. Very nice. Doesn't look like it's going to be... Uh, fingerprint magnet either at the moment from the angle that they've got for showing off the M60 Kuro. Tell you what, that would not have been cheap, but hey. Right, next, 5 Degree Rams by Alan Ulate. Okay, we've got another 60% keyboard and there is a lot of angled cuts on this case. It has runic keycaps in SA by the looks of it. I don't know the actual set name, but if I dig through, I probably would be able to find it mentioned somewhere in here. Anywhere, 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 anywhere. Nope, does not look like it. Does not look like it at all. But you know what? I don't know Runic. I've seen Runic thanks to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. It's written all around the borders on the maps and stuff like that. My brother used to play Lord of the Rings role-playing when we were in school. So I like Runic. It's pretty cool. Now, it must be a Pulse-related set maybe because it's got the Pulse uh, squiggle on the win key position. And of course, it's got icon style mods as well, which kind of look like very similar at least to the ones from Sarika as well. Either way, there's some very sharp lines on this keyboard. Probably not my kind of style, but I do like the keycaps. I would put those keycaps on my keyboard, but I probably wouldn't have those kind of edges on my keyboard. Not that I use a 60% regularly anyway. Moving along. Singing a song. Okay. Thockstock Date Night by Canopling. What have we got? Oh, it's a HHKB with blanks. Lots of blanks. The entire keyboard is blanks, but some of them are colored. Right. We've got the escape 
we have got the caps lock, which is probably switched over to being control. And then we've actually got the four keys for the arrow keys on the HHKB layer color blocked in as well. So that's pretty cool. For me, blanks, not yet, not my thing. But if you can type with blanks, then more power to you. Thanks very much for sharing, Canopling. Ferris Face HHKB Pro 2 by Dark Void and Mega K. Well, it's another HHKB and it's also blanks. It's all black, but two dots of white eyes and a white spacebar. I'm not sure what the reference is, why it's called a Ferris Face, but <laughs> I guess it helps for homing key purposes at least because the homing keys are white. Moving on. My first custom keyboard, KBD75 version 2 with Telios and Enjoy PBT Japanese keycaps by Taiga Isaka SB. What? Okay. So, first impressions from looking at this not carefully <laughs> is it looked like it had blood spray on the spacebar. But looking at it carefully, it's actually like cherry blossoms. So I did a video a couple of weeks back looking at the apple blossoms and cherry blossoms from Mastrop that Mitanale had donated for the meetup. And this one looks like possibly one of the options, but it wasn't one of the two that Mitanale got. So it would be interesting to actually see how this one was for its, I suppose, botanical anatomy. I don't even know what the the real world is for botanical anatomy. You know, if the tree branches are kind of in the right way and orientated correctly and makes perfect sense or not, or if the image quality is good and sharp, or if it's been stretched and a little bit pixelated or fuzzy. But they've matched it up with a really nice-looking set pink sub-legends and green tealish alphas. So the sub-legends are also Hiragana, and what's this? What's well, a KB75? So it's got the function row with the additional sort of 65% row on the right, and the short shift. They also have a is it a perky? Is that what it is? The the one that's got the cat paw in the escape position. So that looks pretty cool too. Underglow. It looked kind of orangey pink. But if you're going to be up close and looking at it, you probably wouldn't see it. A lot of this underglow stuff, by the way, just as a general observation, is more apparent, especially if there's lighting on, to people around you rather than the person using it. Because when I was using my 96 key from Taobao at work, I wasn't even seeing the RGBs going on, but people coming up to my desk saw the RGBs because of the approach angle and their vision could see that lighting and they'd be like, oh, wow, what's up with your keyboard and the lights? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, right. It's got underglow. <laughs> so in that sense, you know, for nice artistic shots like this, you know, people are going to be angled in and getting it working. But if you're sitting up close and, and even looking at your screen, you're never going to be seeing it anyway. So that's just something to think about. RGB is cool, but who is it truly for? Is it for you or is it for showing off to others? Hmm. Got to think about that. Wow, must say, this is actually taking a while to get through, but that's okay. Now, we have ah, an Instagram picture. So the title of the post says, would love to see a whole series of these. It was posted by BBBRPDL, but it's actually a picture of the Van Keyboard's Instagram where they mocked up like matchbox cars, collectibles for mini keyboards. So this one is the Super Mini 44 collection, Ultra Keys, the coolest 40% keyboard ever, QMK powered. So it actually <laughs> looks pretty cool. Now for those who are in Australia, and you would have seen this lately was the Coles Mini Shop, and Woolworths is pulling a similar stunt for Christmas decorations, I believe. If this was part of a collectible and you could buy like a magazine for mechanical keyboards or something like that and you paid like, 
you know, four ninety nine for the first edition and twelve ninety nine for every edition afterwards, but you would be guaranteed a different collectible. I would say a very large portion of people in our community would probably get it. They probably honestly would. So now that people have seen this, what's the likelihood somebody is going to run out, make some contacts, get some stuff developed, go to China and get some of these done and make it happen? Mm-hmm. Who's out there listening to this? Because if it's not happening, maybe we should. Of course, if you need somebody to get involved or of course somebody to review it and check it out, just hit me up. Ding. That was just me, you know, smiling with that uh, bright star cross thing that you typically see in cheesy ads and animations and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, it's actually really hard working in, in an audio only medium because you don't get the same advantage compared to those who work in a video medium because they can throw in special effects of that nature. But hey. Right, next post. Yet another Sereka. Another GMK Sereka. So this one is Postal Strike Delay Relief Tata 68 plus GMK Sereka by Billy Mustache. So this one doesn't actually have the same impact compared to the one before from Kudo because you can barely see any of the keyboards. So the focus is a lot more on the key set. And what is more interesting is that they've got a key set that has standard mods. And looking at this, to be honest, I actually prefer the icon mods. Having the, the text mods in this version of Sereka, it feels way cluttered now that I've seen the icon mod version instead. But that's just personal personal opinion. Moving on, let's keep punching through. So, when you love mechanical keyboards a bit too much, Tigerwood MX Browns QMK. Post was submitted by the EJM3. Now, I honestly do not know what they're using this macro pad for. So, it is an unusual formation, possibly gaming or specific programs. They're backlit. They've got red keycaps by the looks of it with sort of brightish LEDs in the background. Now, do they talk about what they're doing with it? Not really. It was done with a hammer, chisel, routing plane, and I'm assuming they probably hand-wired it. But whatever they're doing with it, well, I guess it must be suitable for whatever it is that they're doing for it. Uh, there's not that much to say. It's interesting. The layout's interesting. I don't know what I would do with a layout of that nature, but uh, each to each own, and that's why custom pads exist for all us crazies. Moving down through to... It's an artisan. Wow, we've actually done a lot of post checking already, and this is the first one about artisans, which is not bad. So this was by Dwarf Factory, who is actually a vendor and creator of a bunch of artisans. And this one's called Panzer Arama is ready for battle. A hundred units are waiting. So it's a tank, a Panzer, in theory, in a SA mold with a clear encapsulation on top. This one is an orange base and black, but uh, do the pictures do it actual justice? Very, very hard to say. Now, I'm not going to go bouncing through their actual um, Instagram and web page, but yeah, I've reviewed some stuff that is very similar in this way and well quality for encapsulated keycaps can be a bit of a hit and miss if anyone saw my review of the frog keycaps that were very similar to this now this there's some very interesting very interesting comments happening here which seems a little bit out of place but people are saying that uh you know 
tired of being tired of keycaps that celebrate war. And the choice of Panzer seems poor because it was a tool of fear used by the Nazis. Now, they're potentially getting downvoted and copying a bit of flack about it. But you know what? It's their opinion. And that's okay. It's fine to be, you know, able to express your opinion. People probably shouldn't be jumping on them about that at all. But Dwarf Factory has been pretty good about it because they've come out and said, you know, they've done a lot of war-themed keycaps and they actually have some other really interesting stuff. They've got a Moonlander keycap and they've got, like, a whale keycap. So it's good that they've got a variety and they're not just relying on sort of the gaming, the war stuff, the macabre stuff. So, yeah. I do say Door Factory artisans look really great in the photos that they have but a macro photo shot of something when it's not encapsulated is very different to what it does look like after it's being encapsulated so just putting it out there expectation versus reality you've always got to take that generous pinch of salt moving along Mio Deck has posted a picture of something with underglow it's very stylized it's very dark it's either front print or blank keycaps uh it's underglow i mean if you've listened to this podcast long enough you know that i'm not a massive fan of lighting so there's not terribly much i can say uh, it's a nyquist with a custom 3d printed case there you go and if you sat in the dark you'd probably see it but you know, you probably shouldn't be using your computer in the dark. It's not good for you. So if you have your lights on, you're not going to see that lovely underglow. It's going to be other people approaching or sitting next to you that will probably appreciate it. But if you like it because that's just your thing, go nuts. Make everything glow. Radio B Milks M I L C S Simplicity. Right. 10 keyless, blank keycaps. Ah, big thumbs up from me. Your entire bottom row is flipped. Tick. What is this? KBD 75 or an ES 87? Well, it's got to be an 87 because it's a 10 keyless. It's the KULES 87. Enjoy PBT blanks. Sound dampened clipped lube stabs with 62 gram ergo clears. You know what? Simplicity it is. Does it look good? It's not too bad. It's got a bit of color, got a bit of pop, and definitely eye-catching. So, good work. Racking on. Jim Nixon. Curiosity kicked in, so I chucked some AliExpress PBT keycaps in my laser cutter and engraved some legends on them. Dang, this looks awesome. It really does. So let's have a look in detail. Dvorak format. So a 30 watt epilog engraved at a speed of 100 and power 25. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So they laser cut a square hole and sheet of MDF to act as an alignment jig. Then they aligned the designs in the laser cutter software to the hole so each key's text came out perfectly aligned. If I ever did a production run of them, I'd make a jig with enough holes to do all the keycaps at once instead of one at a time. You know, that is actually really, really cool. They've got a good amount of depth through them. The legends that they've picked is actually dual. So it's actually a English in the top left with a Japanese hiragana on the bottom right. And of course, if you wanted to fill these in, you probably could with something else or even die sub them and then burn it away for a reverse die sub, which is what some people have been talking about in the comments as well. So yeah, this is really, really cool. Makes me want to get a laser engraver. Now I've talked about this before. I would 
love something like a Glowforge if I had the space for it, but sadly I don't. And my wife would probably be like, we need to get rid of stuff. And I would say, no, not getting rid of anything. Let's just somehow make more money and move into a bigger place. <laughs> if it was only that easy. Moving on. Garlic breadsticks. Posted a picture of an IBM. My uncle's original IBM. It looks like it's a Model M. Pretty standard. Very clean. And it's working because the numlock light is on. I can hear the buckling springs already. Now, Team EV has an endgame. It's a HHKB flipped spacebar. Yes, very nice. And I'm not sure what that key set is. I don't know if they've modded this. What are we talking about? It's a Type S Topray EPBD 9009. There we go. There's an Orochi Artisan in the top right corner where the delete key is and they've done a bunch of lubing and band-aid mods put sorbeline in it and it's bluetooth with metal stickers wow that is that is a full-on mod going on right there but i'm glad you found endgame my friend if only that was as easy for the rest of us Rightio, four more to go. At this rate, I won't even have time to hop into any channels. Let's have a look. Old school F keys modeled in Blender and rendered using CrowdRender by CrowdRender. Okay, cool. Um, so these are obviously renders. And they look, I'm sorry to say, ugly. I, old school F keys um i don't know where they took the inspiration from but no thanks <laughs> they're, they're in they're like a square sa dsa like ugh, take take a dsa and give it sa curves and height and then instead of a uh ball curvature in the middle make it like a square and dent in the sides and that's what that's what the shape is it's shiny but you know it's a render you can make it whatever texture you want but the actual shape it looks ugly i mean i could believe that keycaps like this actually exist because this is like late mid late 60s early 70s is where i would imagine this kind of styling to come from i can almost feel that it's made out of bakelite as well at the same time but as a render, not my thing. Sorry. Not my thing. Whew. Right. Let's keep going. Oh, okay. Watch out for this site. Joykeycode.com. It seems like somebody is saying that it is some kind of fake company. Ooh. Okay, well, that might be a, an early PSA. If uh, you're checking it out, it seems like the domain name is barely a month old. It's full of ripped off products from dead vendors. PayPal transactions won't go through. But be aware of the joykeycode.com before you make some kind of purchase of it. Hmm, 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 hmm. Thank you very much to Abyss08 for bringing it to our attention. Now, you can't get much more memeier than this by MC Max MC MC. Uh, okay. We've got. I'm not quite sure what we've got. We've got a keyboard that's got a barcode on it. <laughs> And it is a HHKB style with a very long spacebar. That's like what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's like eight U spacebar by the looks of it. Maybe seven point something U. It's got cherry switches with a white stem. Probably vintage of some kind. Let's have a look at what the comments say. Ah, Hirose Clears. It's a Kawasaki of some kind 
Japanese katakana as the sub-legends, though the placement of the alphas is really weird because it's like in the middle and on the left. Well, what can I say? It's weird. It's ugh, like the mods have centered text, but they've got a scroll lock underneath the escape. I'm sure this is this is a historical keyboard of some nature, probably in a museum collection, and that's why it's got the barcode. Well, I'm glad I don't have one of these because it would annoy me to look at it. <laughs> uh, and lucky last for the front page. Wow, it's taken us a while to get through that. It's a Rama M60A with GMK Naughty Lust. Oh, okay. GMK Nautilus. Wow. Bone Apple Tea. Talk about Bone Apple Tea. Must say, the M60 is actually a, a relatively simple, nice looking keyboard. Doesn't doesn't jump out and scream massively. But uh yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not much else to say. I mean it's, it's Nautilus. I do like Nautilus. Wanted to get Nautilus, didn't get Nautilus. An M60 does look nice, it's very matte, it's very stylish, but it's a 60, not my preferred form factor. So that's pretty much about it. Bam. That was everything from RMK, front page by Hot. First time that we've done that, and well, are we likely to do that ever again? I honestly couldn't tell you. But what you can do is you can tell Kevin that I did do it. <laughs> now, we've still got a couple of minutes before the episode wraps. We're actually into like 50 minutes now, or thereabouts 52 minutes. So let's talk about our competitions for this month. We've got three running for the month of November, and November is nearly over. The first one is the Idea 23 giveaway. Interestingly enough, I have not received a single entry for this. So you've got to be in it to win it. All you have to do for all of these three, by the way, to enter is to email us at theboardpodcast at gmail.com so for idea 23 send us an email on what should bus gamer do when he's in the sydney and surrounds regions for his trip when he comes for the meetup for the november kibio competition which i have received a number of entries already what key sets or buys group buys are you waiting for to come in and we've got one Alps patch from Jay Godinez up for grabs this month as well. And to enter that, send in a picture of where you would put the Alps patch. So basically just do a mock. You know, it could be just paper, pen, doesn't have to be colored, but if it's colored in, that's cool, of where you would actually apply that patch. So three things to get involved in and plenty of chances at the moment to win as well. Now, as we end November, as we tail down towards the end of the month, and I know this is probably going to get on people's nerves, I'm still sprooking Movember. Now, we get hundreds of people, by the way, listening to this podcast, and we have 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. My goal this year was to raise $2,000, and I donated 10% of that goal myself. At the moment, we're at $425, which, you know, is $225 from the community and from my friends and co-workers as well. So I really appreciate every single dollar that everybody has put in. But if we consider that if every one of our subscribers put in a dollar or even $2 if you're Australian for the purposes of making it a tax-deductible donation... I would have easily smashed that $2,000 goal. Now you might say, what exactly does $2,000 
get you in Movember, in supporting Movember? Well, having been somebody who works in the lab, I can tell you $2,000 is enough to pay for a PhD researcher's salary. Well, should I say a PhD student's research salary for probably close to two weeks, if not more than two weeks, depending on the type of scholarship that they're on. $2,000 is enough to buy reagents for a month, depending on what they are. $2,000 can pay for the travel of somebody to go to a conference to present or learn and network and develop more information about research for testicular and prostate cancer or even mental health. $2,000 is actually enough to be able to pay for quite a number of sessions with a professional therapist. So, you know, $2,000, sure, in the grand scheme of things, in the millions of dollars available out there for research and development, is not very much when you look at it that way. But at the same time, $2,000 can make a big difference in keeping everything turning. Now, if you don't want to donate, that's fine. And there's no pressure to do so. If you have the available funds to do so, you can donate to somebody else. You can donate directly. You can raise your own campaign. But there's a very good chance that everybody out there who is listening, that you know a guy, you know a man, you know a male, someone born male, doesn't matter what gender they identify as, and doesn't matter what kind of, you know, gender reassignment that they may have. Biologically, males will have a chance, relatively, for testicular cancer, prostate cancer, and suffer issues with their mental health. And all of this goes towards supporting that. Simple as that. Now, when November finishes this year, you're not going to hear about this for another year from me until next year when I'll be back again growing my dirty mo. You can check it out, actually. You can you can find my personal Instagram and you can see how my mo is going if you really want proof that this is happening. So, yeah. Now, that said, I am running a giveaway. You don't have to donate to get involved. You just have to go to the Gleam link, check out my campaign, and you'll be able to find my name there, which will also lead you to my Instagram as well. So it's uh, it's pretty simple. <clears throat> but I think that's actually probably a good place to wrap. Uh, it's not really much value in hopping into some channels only for a minute or two. And uh, yeah, I think I did okay this week. Of course, always send us your feedback, your comments, you know, let us know what's happening out there. If you got anything going on, if you got projects you want to promote, if you've got fundraisers, if you've got meetups, if you've got a keyboard that you're absolutely pining for, if you want a soapbox, let us know. We here at the board are for the community, right? If you don't want to go to the hassle of creating a YouTube account, channel and posting a video and sharing it and stuff like that but you did a video of a review or something like that and you want us to help you put that out there get in contact with us let us know and we'll do everything that we can to help you help the community with whatever it is that you've got going okay nice and simple so thank you everybody for checking out another solo episode of the board I hope you enjoyed me talking through the front page of our mechanical keyboards this week. I hope Kevin and his parents have a lot of fun tonight and over the next period that his parents are in town with him, checking out the sights and sounds of Southeast Asia. And hopefully over the next coming weeks, we'll uh, have more chance to actually get Kevin back (laughs) on track doing his duties as a co-host and uh, me not struggling to come up with weird and wacky and different ways to record episodes of The Board. So, of course, as usual, until next time, 
Happy clacking.